The show that takes you home. The Home Stretch with Sterling Holmes on ESPN Kansas City, 1510 AM, 94.5 FM, and the ESPN Kansas City Facebook page. Welcome to Home Stretch, ESPN Kansas City live in the studio on this Friday afternoon. Kyle behind the glass. Kyle, how are you? I'm ready to party. Are you ready to party? Yeah, the anticipation. It's, it's honestly, it's killing me. Does it get you going? Yeah. Does it get you hyped? Oh, I'm, I'm hyped. I'm nervous. Anticipation for the show or for this weekend? Oh, the show and this weekend. I figure it's probably a combo situation going That's right. Going That's right. Uh, fun show today. We'll obviously get a lot of talk in about the Chiefs, but also all three teams when I hit on both games, AFC and NFC Championship game. We'll give our picks, and we'll also be joined by Mark Schlereth. Uh, had a little chat with Mark Schlereth, three-time Super Bowl champion. A lot of fun, man. I always enjoy talk, talking to Mark. So um, we'll have that interview I did yesterday, play today, in the second segment. Well, what's new? Uh, guys get healthy when they play Kansas City. That's seemingly the trend all season long. Maybe the Bills are the only team that really didn't have that going for them. Uh, but the Ravens are activating Mark Andrews for the AFC title game against the Chiefs. Um, he had a cracked fibula and ligament damage, which is absurd. But to speed it up, he spent six hours a day rehabbing it, including spending his nights in a hyperbaric oxygen chamber to speed up the recovery. If you want to talk about a dude who wants it, Mark Andrews, football guy. A what? Hyperbaric, right? Is that how you pronounce it? I have no idea. I've never heard that word before. Well... That's what he slept in, apparently. <laughs> I mean, if you don't talk about a football guy wanting to play football, Mark Andrews right there. You crack your fibula and have ligament damage um, November 16th. What, a little over two months later? Here, going to play in a football game? That's nuts, man. Again, uh, spent six hours a day rehabbing that, spending his nights in a hyperbaric oxygen chamber to speed up the recovery. Um, 73 days after the injury. 73 days. Um, one, shout out to Mark Andrews. Okay, I got nothing bad to say about the guy. Quite frankly, I have nothing bad to say about the Ravens. It seems like their fan base, from what I have seen, has has been very normal. They haven't been taking random shots like Bengals or Bills or um, Raiders and Broncos fans. Like they, The Ravens fans seem pretty, from what I have seen, in tune. The players... I've not taken shots. Lamar Jackson going out of his way to say, no, I don't like playing Kansas City because they're good. They've had our number. They're trying a different strategy here. Ravens are trying something new. They're like, okay, we can't get Petty Pat. Well, let's try and butter him up. Exactly. We talked about it a couple days ago. I called it a genius move by Lamar Jackson. You know, he he went the opposite way of what uh, Jamar Chase would do. Right, like, don't rile up the opposing quarterback who has been there and done that twice. Mark Andrews apparently borrowed the hyperbaric chamber from his girlfriend's mother and then moved it into his house. I have no idea how this works. This sounds like sci-fi. I'm pretty sure pretty sure Jules Verne or H.G. Wells wrote about this. Fairly certain. 
But this is a big get back for the Ravens. Mark Andrews is one of the best tight ends in football. Um, again, I do wonder how effective he's going to be, how many snaps he can handle. Isaiah Likely, their backup tight end, has been very, very good in his absence. But again, the emergence of Mark Andrews, him coming back, will allow for some 12 personnel and from some more unique looks, trying to get as many linebackers on the field for Kansas City, especially with Willie Gay Jr.'s um, uncertainty, right? As far as if he's going to go or not, most likely I think he's going to go. Um, but barring that uncertainty, you're going to want to try and get as many linebackers on the field. That's how teams have taken advantage of the Chiefs' defense, whether it was the Packers in the first half, the Bills the first time around in the first half, the Patriots did with Hunter Henry. Um, you know, you have seen a lot of teams try and go through the air and attack them early on. The difference is the Chiefs' defense has typically figured it out in the second half, but this poses a different sort of question, right? We saw it with the Bills, and it worked a little bit with Dawson Knox and Dalton Kincaid, right? That was fairly effective, you're going to see the same thing with Mark Andrews as well as Isaiah Likely. So for me, by the way, Patrick Ricard is going to be another interesting tidbit in this. He doesn't catch the ball very much as a fullback, but he can be used as a pseudo six lineman or third tight end. And he'd been lining up at tight end a lot with the absence of Mark Andrews with him back. I wonder how they try and manage this. That's a lot of beef on the field, right? I mean, he's a 300-pound linebacker or a fullback who's very, very uh, um, mobile for that that weight. But I do wonder if there are going to be any sort of giveaways with Mark Andrews on the field. Is that going to be an automatic pass play? Because how much do you want him blocking? And I know he's going to be healthy and he's good to go in this game, but I think catching the ball is going to be a lot different, a lot less physical than him trying to block, especially if he's going to be tasked to go up against a, let's just say, a um, a blitzing linebacker. Let's say it's Leo Chanel, right? Man, that, that, that's a haul coming at you. Uh, trying to chip or, or, or shift down the line, and all of a sudden now he is on um, George Karloftis. Like, that's going to be bad news bears for them. So I wonder how much of a tell it's going to be with him in the game if it's going to be a pass play versus run. Uh, I think that's something that we might... um, And the players, Nick Bolton, again, Nick Bolton's one of the smartest linebackers in football. Steve Spagnuolo picks up on this, typically takes around the third or fourth drive, but then they they typically sit down together, and you've seen massive adjustments. You'll probably see the same thing in this game. So that's where I'm at. Question from Brantz on Facebook Live. uh, says, what is your ultimate gameplay? I think you stop the run and make Lamar throw, right? Um yeah, uh, Brands, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, but I, I don't think it's as simple as that because I do think a lot of Chiefs fans are acting like this is the same Lamar Jackson that he was his rookie year or his second year in the league. Lamar Jackson, not Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, or Mahomes throwing the football. He is much better than you think. The numbers will not wow you in the box score because they do run so much. Again, as I mentioned, they they run the most in the NFL and throw the 32nd most in the NFL. So box score numbers will not wow you. But the efficiency numbers will. He is fourth, top four, top five in all of these efficiency numbers. Yards per attempt, um, which I think is a, a pretty pretty big indicator. Without having guys that are just sitting down there making huge catches, you're not seeing a lot of... 30 or 40 yard plays, right? Not saying you, um, they don't get those, but let's be real now. Their offense is 
based heavily when they pass around play action, and they are very effective out of play action. I think they were top five, top ten in in play action as well. So I'm sitting here going, well, yeah, I agree with you. The the, the play is to have Lamar Jackson throw the football. It's still difficult. Now, on the flip side, Chiefs defense, that is their strength. They are a top three pass defense in the NFL. I would say it's them, the Browns, and honestly, it's the Ravens, right? So, although Lamar is better throwing the football than in years past, this Chiefs defense is much better in years past, especially when it comes to locking down um, deep balls. They don't give a lot of deep plays. Uh, They don't get a lot of turnovers now. That's the other flip side of the coin here. But... The Chiefs have made a concerted effort to not allow big plays through the air. They say, don't gamble. Again, when I always say the anti-Marcus Peters, I know we always laugh about it. Marcus Peters was a great player. That's not a knock against him, but he did it a different way. It's like uh, Trayvon Diggs for the Cowboys, right? It's like Deron Bland for the Cowboys. Their style is, hey, you're going to get beat a few times. Don't worry about it. We want you to try and turn the ball over. Chiefs, on the other hand, do the opposite. They say, don't get beat. I don't care if you turn the ball over. Don't get beat. We'll make them punt. Two different philosophies, and quite frankly, they can work both ways, but as you've seen this year, it's worked very well for Kansas City. That's going to continue. Lamar Jackson has not turned the ball over a lot, so the Chiefs don't have the advantage there, but the Ravens really, they're not gaining something there. Like If, they, if you're a team that does not turn the ball over a lot and you play a very, um, you're playing the Cowboys. The Cowboys have to make some turnovers, but they're probably not going to because they take care of the football. Chiefs don't force a lot of turnovers, so there's not really a, a loss there because Lamar takes care of the ball. This is nothing new for them. So, you're going to have a lot of one-on-ones. You're going to have Legereus Sneed go up against, again, we were talking to some Ravens guys, um, as well as Aaron Schatz, the creator of DVOA. We're like, Legereus always locks down wide receiver ones, but the Ravens don't have a traditional wide receiver one. They're very deep. Right, they have four wide receivers who are good. Zay Flowers, who's been their rookie, most consistent guy. Odo Beckham Jr., who consistently makes one or two big catches a game. Uh, Rashad Bateman, who's very solid, and then quite frankly, Nelson Aguilar. Ever since he left Philly, he, he's really come into his own. He's had a nice career, uh, revitalized, if you will, made a couple of nice seasons in uh, Las Vegas slash Oakland, right? And then he had one or two in New England. Now he's here. But when he's your fourth wide receiver and, quite frankly, your sixth option as far as a receiver because you have Isaiah Likely and Mark Andrews, that's a deep group. But with Legereus Sneed always locking down wide receiver one, I don't know who's wide receiver one. Zay Flowers based on catches? Maybe. I don't know who he goes up against. Yeah, And I'm hesitant to say Mark, uh, Mark Andrews is go- going to be the number one option in this game because, like you said, we haven't seen him since November. It's been a while now, and I know... He's been in the in the league a long time. He's been Lamar's number one option for years now. But I'm curious to see, you know, uh, the snap count for Mark Andrews, especially. What I do think is in the Chiefs' favor as well as I'm mentioning depth for the Ravens. The Chiefs' secondary has so much depth as well. Now it's going to be tested. Mike Edwards' concussion, right? We'll see. Brian Cook out, right? That's not great. But Justin Reed is, I, I think, very underrated by PFF. I'm not saying Justin Reed's an elite safety, but he's a very solid safety. And Shamari Connor, if he plays the way he played last week, filling in 99% of the snaps, 10 tackles. Um, obviously, he has that one play he wants back, laying on the football instead of trying to run with it. But Shamari Connor was very solid, right? 
you also have four cornerbacks you trust. For the Ravens having that many weapons and not a wide receiver one, the Chiefs have two cornerback ones with two CB2s. Maybe I'm a little bullish on Joshua Williams and Jalen Watson, but I mean, how many teams do those those guys play on with their starters? Those are depth pieces for Kansas City, right? Now, they'll get some run in this game, but even when Trip McDuffie, when he went down against the Bills, both Watson and Williams made plays. So, the Ravens don't have the advantage there. They don't. Like, again, Lamar's a better passer. They have weapons. But when you look at the Chiefs' secondary in totality, the Ravens don't have an advantage. I don't care how effective they've been all season long. At, at best, it's a push. But again, where the Ravens do have the advantage is on the ground. They are the number one ranked rushing attack in the NFL. Chiefs are, by most metrics, bottom five, bottom ten. The Chiefs have to find a way. Find a way to get into or make the Ravens have some third and longs. Second and longs. Because... If you give up five yards on first down to Gus Edwards, it's toast. Sorry. They are going to run the football 40 times. That first down is more imperative for the Chiefs defense and the Ravens offense than on the flip side. Chiefs get to third and seven, third and nine. Are you that worried? Because quite frankly, I'm not. Like, I know it's different than in years past, but compared to any other team at least, I'm not sitting here going, oh man, the Chiefs, they, they have no chance. When the Ravens get to third nine, and Spags can send a blitz, where the Ravens and Lamar Jackson have been the 24th highest percentage sacked in the NFL. Again, don't go by box score because they don't throw a lot. Go by percentages. 24th, while the Chiefs have the number one percentage sack ratio in the NFL. That's another advantage for Kansas City. Okay, So I'm sitting here going, you have to get the Ravens. Second and long, third and long, or else the Ravens will play to the what they've done all season long. Run the football. And they will win. That's how they win football games. You have to make them get out of their comfort zone. And again, what I'm saying is it's not going to be as simple as that because, again, Lamar is going to hurt you. You know a handful of times he will scamper out and get a first down. Same thing like Mahomes does. 11 rushes, 100 yards last last uh, week for, for Lamar. This defense for the Kansas City, as elite as it's been all season long, and it has been damn elite, this will be their toughest test by far. I said the Chiefs defense had the advantage against the Bills because the Bills only have, really, two tight ends, one wide receiver, but no Gabe Davis, and Gabe Davis isn't great to begin with. Chiefs have the advantage there. It's close, but the Chiefs have the advantage. Against Miami, I said the Miami Dolphins do not want to face Kansas City because of the way that the secondary tackles. It's not good for them. As we saw, they couldn't get the run game going because they run kind of east to west horizontally while Bills run north-south, and the Ravens especially run north-south. These linebackers, they got to be quick. Nick Bolton had a bad game last week. Love Nick Bolton. If you know me, love me some Nick Bolton. Bad game for Bolton last week. Okay? And, and the, the uh, excuse me, the defensive line in general, too. Yeah, it wasn't Just, all Bolton's fault. Yeah. No, no, I'm not. But, but like. Because if the defensive line doesn't perform, it's going to be tough for a line linebacker to. 100%. But what, what I'm sitting here going is I know Nick Bolton can get there. I'm not going to count on Mike Pinnell or um, Christensen or or just some of those backups to all of a sudden turn into studs. Okay, Nick Bolton is a stud. We've seen him be a stud. That was not a stud game for him last week. 
It's okay. He's got another opportunity to showcase why he um, should hopefully be a pro bowler in the future. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i sitting here going, Nick Bolton is going to be a massive key to this game. He's got to be decisive and get downhill quick. Now, if you run a spy, that was Willie Gay Jr., right? If he doesn't play, that throws a massive wrench into the game plan. Did not practice today. Listed as questionable. He was a limited participant. Was that yesterday or Wednesday? Uh, Wednesday. Or, I think it was an LP yeah, Wednesday. LP Wednesday and Thursday today. DNP. Can you go through that list for me if you have it in front of you? Absolutely. Uh, Joe Tooney uh, did not practice Friday. Out. Nadia yeah. did not practice. Out. Yeah. Uh, Willie surprised. Gay did not practice. Questionable. Okay. Pacheco limited. Questionable. He's going to play. Tony limited. Questionable. Okay. Mike Edwards full. Questionable. So if Mike Edwards was a full participant, you'd have to imagine he. Sorry about that. He passed. He, he goes. He, he passed. Yeah. Which is again, is I always laugh because um, concussion protocol always seems to be a little, little more lax come postseason time, huh? Just an observation. Just an observation of how many times does in the regular season the concussion lasts three or four or five weeks, and then all of a sudden postseason come, comes around. It's oh, you're good in two days. Oh, okay, yeah, sure. Not complaining, not saying that they don't know more than me, but I do find it interesting. I wonder what the actual storyline or the research behind that shows. But if Mike Edwards is good to go, that really helps the Chiefs defense. That helps Spagnolo and allows him to do a little bit more three safety looks. Especially in an interesting case of do you use a Chamari as a spy? Versus a Drew, a Leo, or a Will. Don't know if you do or not, but if you want speed, Lamar, as good as he is in open space, as electric and elusive as he is, it's not Josh Allen where you're worrying about getting trucked. You're not worried about getting trucked by Lamar. So I do wonder if you can use a little lighter guy, a little quicker guy, to have an eye on him. I can see that. I mean, Lamar Jackson, he can paper cut you to death, you know, with just a little eight, nine, ten yard runs. Oh, the brutal man. Yeah. Frustrating to watch. And, you know, he's not – Josh Allen, I think, is more at risk of turning the ball over, obviously, due to his uh, fumble and interception numbers. But mm-hmm. Josh Allen will run into you, and you have a chance to knock that ball loose. Lamar Jackson runs around you, away from you. You know, he'll go one way, you'll go the other way. Yeah. It, it's tough to catch him. So, yeah, Shamari Connor. We'll see what Spags does with him. Uh, then again, no Joe Tooney, Nick Allegretti getting the nod. No Joe Tooney's not a surprise. It's only a surprise because we know how tough he is, and he played through a broken hand, which, again, he's an offensive lineman. What do offensive linemen use? They're bleeping hands. The fact he played through that, it's obscene. But he'll be out, and uh, Nick Allegretti is in. Where, where do you lie on – because I'm pretty comfortable with Allegretti playing – I know it's not Joe Tooney, but in a one-game sample size, how much of a drop-off drop off are we going to see? Again, he's not first-team All-Pro. Joe Tooney is the best left guard in football. But when we're talking about a one-game sample size, can you get it done? The issue is he's also going up against Justin Matabike, uh, who is, he's having a... Uh, he's All-Pro. He's having a year, man. He's having a year. Okay. 
Ed Oliver, though, and Daquan Jones last week for the Bills, and, and, and Allegretti held his own. So I don't know your thoughts here, but but where's your concern level with Nojo too? Uh, earlier today on the zone, I, Jason Anderson let it be known that Allegretti had 13 snaps, and you know PFF graded him above 80. Yeah. So he filled in, and it, I can't remember it, Sterling if it was you or maybe it was Jack who asked me when Tony went out. Did you did you know? I was like, no, I. I didn't notice uh, a single difference. And Allegretti, you know, he's been with the, this team for years, and he's stepped in admirably every time he's been asked. Yeah, man. Uh, he's just a solid depth piece. I think it's 13 games is what he's played in, in his, uh, or started. or 13 or, starts. 14 yeah. starts, yeah. And Nick Allegretti is the reason why depth has been so paramount for the Chiefs this year. Drew Tranquil, um, Chamari Connor, Mike Edwards. I mean, again, because Mike Edwards wasn't the starter. It was Brian Cook. I mean, Depth has been the storyline of this Chiefs team, and it's why the Chiefs are moving on, and quite frankly, the Bills aren't. You know, the Bills didn't have the horses. Chiefs did. The Ravens do, and the Ravens are pretty darn healthy. They they don't have a ton. You know, Ronnie Staley, he's back. He's healthy. Um, Obviously, they're they're without J.K. Dobbins, but he's been out all season long. They're without Mitchell. Was it Keaton Mitchell? Who was their uh, electric yeah, he's rookie running back? Yeah, he, he tore his ACL in Week 17. Um, I like the offensive line for Kansas City, but we have to see the same offensive line performance against the Dolphins, against the Bills. If you look, Mahomes has not been sacked those two games. He's not had a lot of pressure against him during the season. It was penalty city on the on the tackles, and quite frankly, they weren't great. Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith have been a little up and down this season. That cannot happen in this game. You're going up against a phenomenal defensive front. They get a lot of pressure with four. You can't have an extra guy stick in there and try and, and try and chip against them because their secondary and their linebackers are elite as well. Chiefs offensive line, you have to win in the trenches. I like their chances, especially after the way they've played the last couple weeks. But Juwan Taylor and Donovan Smith need to keep playing the way they've played in the playoffs and not like the way they played in the regular season. Because Jadavion Clowney, <laughs> resurgence. Rather than like This entire Ravens defense, they don't have a weak link. You can't pick on anyone. Travis Kelsey, I'm glad he sat out Week 18 now because you can take advantage of and goes 75% against A.J. Klein. You can't against Patrick Queen and Roquan, uh, Roquan Smith. You just can't. And by the way, who even, who even knows if it's going to be one of those two guys? It might even be Kyle Hamilton. Yeah, that guy over the top, too. That's three all pros right there. 6'4", 220. Yeah. How much credence do you give playoff experience? How, how much do you give credit for or how much of a factor... Does the fact that the Chiefs have won two Super Bowls, at least in the Mahomes era, so a decent amount of guys have won one, six straight AFC Championship games, while the Ravens, quite frankly, this was a big step for them, winning a game in the playoffs. Now, they won one, but that ain't the same as winning one that takes you to the Super Bowl, let alone winning a Super Bowl. How much credit and credence do you give, how much of a factor does play of experience make? Um. I think it's pretty big, and I, listening to Travis Kelsey's uh, press conference today, you know, he said it's vital, but you can't rely on it, and yeah. I understand that completely. 
Um, but on the flip side, with the Ravens and Lamar Jackson specifically, you know, he hasn't won the big game yet. Yeah, he's won two playoff games, three playoff games now. But now you're going up against, as a quarterback, one of your main competitors. The team. Yeah, exactly. You're going up against the alpha. This is the game for the Ravens. And this may or may not, but I think it may be Lamar Jackson's best shot to get Patrick Mahomes. This is the best Ravens team we've seen. I think in his tenure. By far. And, and if you're the Ravens, yeah, they've built well for the future. I mean, Eric DeCosta has done a great job as a GM. Um, they don't have any holes, and it's not like they have a whole bunch of old guys. And they have some veterans, obviously. But it's not like their team is going to fall off. For all the talk about the Bengals and the Bills, and I've talked about them ad nauseum as far as I think they missed their, their legit this year window because T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, the defense is getting expensive and older. Bills, same thing. I've talked a lot about the defense getting older as well as a lot of the free agents on, on offense that they have coming up. Like, those two teams are going to have to retool a lot. The Ravens, they're in it right now, man. The, the, this is not a team that's going away anytime soon. Everyone wants to talk about Peyton versus Brady with Mahomes versus Burrow versus Mahomes versus uh, Josh Allen, but I do wonder if this will be the new legitimate Brady versus Man or even something completely different. Again, we don't always have to have previous... <laughs> Matchups determine, like, I always hated, for example, when everyone's like, you're either Alex Smith or you're Brett Favre. Like, that was your only two quarterback, or, or, like, those are the only two quarterbacks you can be compared to. You're a gunslinger or you're a game manager. Like, now we've opened the book a little bit. Why does it have to be Brady versus Manny? Why can't it be Mahomes versus Allen? Why can't it be Mahomes versus Burr? Mahomes versus uh, Lamar Jackson? Mahomes has three dragons to slay. That's the difference here. Question from uh, Brant or comment here. It says, I think Reed's offensive scheme in this postseason has helped a little bit as well. Yeah. Um, it does seem that maybe they were holding some stuff back. I don't know how much truth there is into that. It does feel like maybe they figured some things out at the right time, you know? Catching the football helps. Yeah. I mean, right. l- l- let's be real. How much of that is catching the football versus offensive difference? It helps when MVS brings in two of those catches when we have not seen those all... Two in the same game, we have not seen him make one of those all year long, right? That's a difference. Yeah. But I will say, Pacheco's running a little, little more effectively. Um, the run scheme has been better. I talked to Daniel Harms about this. You're looking at uh, last, or this past game, I think he said it was half zone block, half man block. So you have a little more variance there, a little more difference. They're throwing at teams. Um... I, I, frankly, I, Patrick Mahomes is playing the most surgical football of the season so far. He, yeah, he's he played looks the, two games. the best he has looked. <laughs> not, I'm not going to say in a long time, but this is his best form right now. It's in the playoffs. Yeah. And I wonder how much you value. We always say, you know, teams that play the hottest, not necessarily the team that's the best all season long, but the team that's playing the hottest football. They're on a collision course right now because it was the Bills. Chiefs took them out. Well, now you can be the case that the Chiefs and the Ravens are both playing the hottest football in the entire NFL right now. Both these two teams, Chiefs and Ravens, are the hottest teams in the AFC. Well, of course, because they're still alive. But when you look at what they've done, these have been Mahomes' best two games all year. The receivers, this has been their best two games all year. The offensive line, best two games all year. Again, how much is it, is it scheme and how much of it is? They're not dropping the football. They're playing at a higher level. 
I do like seeing Rasheed Rice. Again, I will say, as I've said it a couple weeks now, Rasheed Rice and Travis Kelsey lining up on the same side of the field. To me, that is creativity. You might be saying, Sterling, how is that creative? Because that gets you a one-on-one opportunity the majority of the time, at least in man coverage. Zone's a little different, obviously. But still, even in zone, you might have a guy shade. If he can shade, he only shade one of those ways. He can't shade towards both those guys. You're going to get an opportunity for a potential one-on-one if they're lined up on the same side. I don't like the end-arounds to McCole Hardman as much. Within the red zone, especially not there. I don't like a lot of the... Some of, some of the trick plays are, are, are fun. It works. You know, Pacheco running out of the, out of the uh, Wildcat. It worked. But when I say creativity, I like getting one-on-ones for your best player. That, to me, is creative. That 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 is the Andy Reid special. That's what makes him so great, not just the trick plays. Yeah. Getting your best weapons, the football. Yes. <laughs> it sounds easy. Yeah. But, but when, what, you but don't, when the defense is trying to take those guys away, getting those guys open, that's difficult to do. And if there's any head coach in the NFL right now who can try and find a way against the best defense at all three levels in football to get to get guys open, it's Andy Reid. It's Andy. This will be his masterpiece of a game. It's got to be. Even comparatively the Niners, great defense. I don't think it's quite the same as the, as the Ravens. You didn't have to do it against the Bills or the Dolphins, but against the Ravens, we will have to see something from Andy Reid. But he is the man who is up for the job. Uh, we'll take a break. Come back. We'll be joined by Mark Schler with an interview I did with him yesterday. The home stretch, ESPN Kansas City. <laughs> Sterling Holmes with Dan Sided, and everyone is getting ready to celebrate game day with friends and family. Three-time Super Bowl champ Mark Schlereth is here to tell you everything you'll need to host the ultimate party. Mark, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. It always starts, the, the big game day starts with a great TV. The LG OLED Evo C3, immerse yourself in this extraordinary visual and auditory experience. Whether it's movies, uh, gaming, sports, you feel like you're part of the action with LG OLED TVs. From 42 inches to 83 inches, LG OLED TVs simply are the best. LG.com for more information. Then you got to have great food. That's how the party starts. Sometimes the food's better than the game, for crying out loud. <laughs> Everyone loves a snack board. My friends at Farm Rich make it easy. Mozzarella sticks, loaded potato skins, crispy dill pickles, breaded veggies, and a whole lot more in the freezer section of your local grocer. You can find out more at FarmRich.com. Then you can spice up any party with ramen from our friends at Nissan Foods. Hey, heat up game day with the all-new hot and spicy Firewalk packets with chili pepper-infused noodles, torch teriyaki chicken, screaming Szechuan beef. I'm telling you what, it's delicious. Prep and serve in about five minutes. Walmart and Walmart.com for more information. Uh, I'm not going to lie, Mark. I'm jealous. I, I think it's party at Mark's house for the, uh, yes. for the big game, man. <laughs> Absolutely. No question about it. Uh, in regards to winning in the playoffs, how much of it is experience? Because you won three Super Bowls. Let's be real now. Uh, yeah. You're as good an insight as anyone into this. Was it easier the second or third time around since you have been there before, or is that a little bit overblown? I think for the most part it's overblown. I mean, it's always nice to have people that have experience that you can lean on and, and you know, can guide you that way. But it's really about execution, you know, instead of experience. 
um, the, the different, there's a different E word execution to me. If you go out and you execute like it's any other football game and you have that attention to detail, um, to me, I always say the team that basically settles in and realizes it's just a football game uh, is the team that's going to execute at a higher level. And that really becomes the, the key factor in this thing to me. So much pomp and circumstance around the game. All week, you're off-site, you know, you're at somebody else's facility, all that kind of stuff. It's settling in and just realizing it's another football game, which is easy for me to say. It's really hard to do. You've got to have a mature football team that really understands the importance of it and, and can be able to lock in and then go out and execute. We'll, we'll stick with the most experienced team left, and that is the Kansas City Chiefs. Obviously, during the regular season, it was a little bit of a struggle for them. But as the playoffs have rolled around, Mahomes in the offense in general has really taken it up a yeah. notch. Uh, just in general, what are your thoughts on the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes having the floor set in the Mahomes era as a AFC championship game? Yeah, and you know what? It's incredible when you think about it, it, miraculous when you think about He's been a starter since 2018. He's been to six straight AFC championship games. Like the guy is an absolute unicorn and your ability to flip the switch and play your best football come playoff time is remarkable. Um, you know, we just tend to almost take it for granted because we've become so used to it that we've, we kind of forget how miraculous it this really is. Um, they're a really good football team. Defensively, they're a good football team. And I think, they have an ability to really disrupt you on the back end with their defensive backs, disrupt your passing game, and they've got enough pass rushers in Karloftis and a guy like Chris Jones that can get after your quarterback. So they are they are a tough out. There's no question about it. Now, I do think Baltimore is a better overall football team, but it's uh, hard to bet against Mahomes in these situations. Yeah, for Lamar Jackson, the Baltimore Ravens, they, they've had a lot of playoff experience, but not a lot of playoff success. This first, I guess this past game for them was a massive step in the uh, notion that they cannot win in the playoffs. I think this is a completely different Ravens team. If you look at a lot of the more analytical numbers, this Ravens team is a juggernaut. What have you seen from them? I, for me, I thought Todd Munkin might be the biggest difference OC-wise. Yeah. But what have you seen from the Ravens this season as far as them changing and getting better for the playoff run? Well, I think two things. I think they dominate line of scrimmage on both sides of the football. I think they're so fast and athletic, and they really do a great job of attacking your protections, basically simulated pressures and getting free runners at your quarterback. They do it better than anybody else. It feels like they're blitzing you all the time, but a lot of times it's a four-man rush. It's three defensive linemen and a safety or three defensive linemen and a and a cornerback or, or something of that nature. So um, it's the simulated pressures. They do a great job of attacking your protection and going opposite where you can't pick it up. So they do a great job of that. And then their run game, all their run-pass action, all their um, read zone stuff where their quarterback becomes part of their run game is exceptional. And I think where they've really grown is their quarterback, Lamar Jackson, you know, when he extends a play and moves around in the pocket, he's not just looking to run. He's not just looking to use his athletic ability. He's looking to eviscerate you in the passing game. And that's what's kind of changed in Baltimore. And they've done a really good job, and they're a really solid football team. Um, I think what they're, you know, I think in the AFC, they're the best overall player-for-player -player football team in the AFC. 
uh, in the NFC, I think the most des- uh, divisive talking point all season long has been Brock Purdy. It feels like people either think he is elite, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, or people think that he is a, a, a just a guy. He's a bum. Mm-hmm. It's the team. He does nothing to elevate them. Where do you land on a guy like Brock Purdy who might not jump off the screen as far as it's not Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson with the arms and legs, but he consistently finds ways to get it done? Yeah, I think he's an incredible player. And when you walk through the film and you really study him, and, you know, I asked him that. Are you, like, game manager, you hear that. What do you say? How do you respond to that? When I was doing a game in San Francisco, and he said, anybody who calls me a game manager doesn't actually watch film. Mm-hmm. And he goes, I am, like, I, I've got some gunslinger in me. And, like, he's not braggadocious. He's just stating facts. And I think the thing about him, just foot energy, you know, in the West Coast office, they always say you throw the ball with your feet, meaning your feet set you up. Your feet are basically hold the rhythm of the offense within your feet. And he is on time consistently and on target consistently. And it's because he's so good in the pocket. The other thing he does a great job of is pre-snap kind of deciding what they're in, post-snap confirming what they're in, and he will get off the front side in a heartbeat. I've watched him get through fourth the fourth guy, one, two, three, four on the backside, watch him get through the fourth guy in his progression in under a second and a half and deliver a touchdown throw to McCaffrey. You know, it's he's incredible that way. So I think he's legit. I think they're a really good football team, and I think they're the best football team in the NFC. But I think Brock Purdy is is a big-time playmaker and a big-time player. Didn't really play very well, neither did their defense last week against Green Bay, which I think bodes well for them because they'll clean up those things that they did not do well last week. Yeah, and then Dan Campbell is obviously a fairly unique head coach right there for the Lions. But let's be real now, the results speak for themselves in regards to this rebuild since he got there. I'd love yeah. to hear your thoughts on Dan Campbell and would you have liked playing for him as the head coach? Love Dan. I love Dan Campbell. I absolutely love him. I think he's incredible. You know, one thing that everybody says when they take over an organization is we've got to change the culture. Easy to say, hard to do. Dan Campbell is totally authentic. And I think one of the big things he brings is his relational ability. And I always say this, whether it's football or television or radio or whatever you do for a living, we're all in the relationship business. And if you're not in that business, you're going out of business. Dan Campbell develops a relationship with his coaches, with his players, with the support staff in Detroit. You walk into that building, there's an energy in that building. There's an excitement in that building. People want to be in that building. People want to show up early and leave late. Um, That's how it is. And Dan is the guy who has changed that culture in Detroit. And I couldn't be happier for him, man. I'd love to play for Dan Campbell. Uh, I want to point and look back at your career for a moment here. Um, something that I think the general population might not understand about what football players go through, not just during the season, but in the off season, you were obviously known for going through a ton of surgeries. One, how does that affect you just, just as a player? And then two, as far as the general population goes, how common are these general cleanups, these off-season major surgeries? Because even here in Kansas City, sometimes you find out postseason guys were playing through and even got cleanups yeah. that we had no idea about. Yeah, it's it's pretty common. Anytime you get done with a football season, um, you'll show up the day after the season's over and, you know, they'll line up like, 
10, 12 guys and be like, hey, you're at 6, you be there at 6.15, you be there at 6.30, you be there at 6.45, and you're rolling through a surgery center. And, you know, you're all laying in the recovery room. There'll be six of you, and they're going, hey, 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 how's it going? So that's just kind of how the season goes. And, you know, they always say, hey, you can't – you, you, you got to play hurt, you can't play injured. And I'm like, baloney, you got to play hurt, but you got to play injured. And more importantly, and this is really what I, I prided myself on, I'm going to play great, both hurt and injured. And there's a mentality there. And most guys, if you want to last in the National Football League and you want to play for a long time, you've got to be willing to play injured and play hurt. And more importantly, got to play well in those situations. So, yeah, guys put themselves through the ringer. Um, not everybody can do it. And um, it, it's not for everybody. I understand that. But it's really what sets it apart. And I'm unapologetic for the NFL. I'm unapologetic for the injuries and the things that we put ourselves through because, um, you know, that's what makes it special. And that's why not everybody can play it. Uh, I also want to point out the offensive line of a lot of these teams that are left in the playoffs. They're elite. They're great. Yet they don't get the recognition they deserve. Um, again, here in Kansas City, I think Chiefs fans have a special understanding of offensive lines, of great off- uh, offensive lines going back to the early 2000s with Willie Rove, Brian Waters, Will Shields. But when you look at building a team right now, this seems to be a great building block, an indicator of of great success, yet why don't they get the love they deserve? I, I'm here, Mark, saying we need to have a fantasy football offensive line league. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you 100% on that. Um, because you just do your job. And, you know, nobody really – like we always joke around, even when I was playing, that we're like part of the secret mushroom society. And the only people who know what we're doing is us. Even the, a lot of the coaches don't really understand what we're doing. Um, so we speak a special language and, and most guys don't want the notoriety. They just want to go about their business. So, um, but it's really cool. It's a really cool position because five guys have to become one in order for you to be good. You can have five individuals playing it. And I always say, Hey, listen, we can all be doing the wrong thing. As long as we're all doing the wrong thing together, the play is going to work out. It's when two guys are doing one thing and one guy's doing another thing and another two guys are doing another thing. That's, that's when, you know, pandemonium breaks out. So, um, I always, you know, I, I just think about it from the standpoint, uh, if like receivers have become so, you know, just so important and, and such a big, you know, such a big kind of fancy position and exciting position, but, you know, 10 other guys have to do their job for a receiver to sniff the ball. And so you know, my thought process is, you know, it takes the whole team to be great. And, uh, offensive line is obviously to me, the biggest part of that. Uh, final question here for you, Mark. Thoughts on Jim Harbaugh as he goes to the Chargers. This was a big domino in the head coaching vacancy yeah. to fall. Um, obviously, great success at Michigan, had success in the NFL. Is there going to be a lot of pressure on him? I mean, the Chargers went 5-12, and 12, and now it seems like everyone's thrilled they got their guy, but this is a lot of pressure on a head coach. Yeah, no question. But I think one thing about Jim Harbaugh, everywhere he's been, he's had – um, great quarterback play, helped develop great quarterback play. And I remember him taking over in San Francisco. Alex Smith was considered a bust. And I had talked to him. He said, hey, man, I love Alex Smith. And sure enough, Alex Smith plays great. Then he gets hurt and in comes Colin Kaepernick. And Colin Kaepernick takes him to a Super Bowl. And he had, you know, he had a guy like Andrew Luck having great success being the first overall draft pick in, in, uh, in excuse me, out of, out of Stanford into Indianapolis. So everywhere he has gone, his quarterbacks have played well. So I think that's really the allure of him being with the Chargers and taking over and uh, coaching up Herbert. So I, I think it's a, I think it's a great fit, obviously. And, 
Um, and Jim's been great everywhere he's gone. Yeah. Three-time Super Bowl champion and a man who throws the absolute best parties out there, Mark Schlereth. Mark, really appreciate it. My pleasure. Take care. Ciao! I was early on the chow. You know, when they went to the... I think it's right here. Oh, it, it, it's actually a different part of the song. That's why. That's my fault, then. It's great drums. No, 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 it's not your fault, but it sounded like the beginning, he, and he at one point he just yelled, Chow! And you're like, oh, heck yeah, Dave Grohl. I love the Foo Fighters, man. They were one of my top five favorite bands. Seen them a couple times. Um, badass, dude. Badass. You know what's badass? Football's still going on, baby. Couple more weeks. And then we get a... Watch the NBA before uh, baseball season starts. All right. We'll obviously hit on the Chiefs Ravens last. We've talked about it all week long, so I'm pretty sure people might know which way we're leaning, but we're going to talk about the Lions 49ers in the NFC Championship game first. Niners obviously at home. They are seven-point favorites over under 51.5. What are you seeing? Does seven seem a little bit large to you? Sure enough does. But I still think they can do it. I don't trust this Lions defense. They're secondary. I, I think they can be torched. And if San Francisco mm-hmm. has a fully healthy uh, core of weapons, especially if Debo Samuel's fully healthy, they might be in trouble. Yeah, this is a tough one because I don't like how no one's given the Lions a chance because, again, when you have an offense as potent as they have, you're always in the game, right? You, you always have a chance. But their defense is not very good. Like, when I say not very good, I'm putting it mildly. A lot of the more analytical numbers, like, again, the game's played on the field, not on paper. But if you want to get a little more into it uh, of what past um, numbers have shown to try and predict the future, it's not looking good for the Lions. Like, there's a clear-cut Ravens and 49ers this year, 1-2. and two. Chiefs, not super far behind, but a, a decent gap. And then the Chiefs are third. And then the Lions are way down there. Great season, but they don't seem to be in the same league as what the the Ravens and Niners have been all season long. Um, I wouldn't touch this game as far as over-under, but we're going to do it because we're going to have a fun little little uh, time talking about it. So I'm going to go final score. I think it's going to be a little lower scoring. The over-under is now 51.5. It's actually raised a little bit. Again, two great offenses. But it's an outdoor game. Weather might not be great. And for me personally, I think the game a lot of times slows down in the playoffs. Like we're used to watching Chiefs and how we've seen all these high-scoring games. A lot of their teams often doesn't do that. It's a lot of, oh, bleep, let's not make a mistake. Let's try and take care of the football. I think you're going to see that with Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery. You're going to see the Lions have long, extended drives. Their offensive line's very talented. They're a great offensive line. On the other side of things, I, I think you will see a more... Uh, balanced 49ers offense. Yeah, they'll obviously try and attack through the air, but I don't know how many bombs you're going to see. So I like a little lower scoring game, which again leads me to believe that maybe the the Lions have a chance to cover. I'm going to go with a... um, hmm, What should I go with here? 24... 24... 20. 24-20 Lions. Or 24-20 Niners, which means the Lions cover. I'm going to go 31-17 Niners. Okay. Still the under, by the way. Yep. So, I like the under more than anything else. So, but if I'm gonna put my uh, 
actual prediction on the line. I'm going to do it. Yeah, I don't, I don't mean to besmirch the Lions. You know, mm-hmm. I, w- <laughs> I would love to see them in the Super Bowl. It's a Chiefs guy, yes. Please br- bring me the Lions, yeah. but also the Niners just—they're just a more well-rounded team. I don't know how you attack that defense. Yeah, they are man. solid everywhere. And as as much as I, you got to hope it rains. <laughs> yeah. But also the Lions aren't good in the rain. It's not like Jared Goff's known for being a uh, a quarterback who plays in the rain. Uh, let me see if I can look at the game time weather here. What it looks like. Uh, AccuWeather, baby. Uh, I believe it was uh, Fat Jack on uh, the program with Seren. He said the Lions, they've only played outside once in the last two months. Yeah, that's not great. Uh, what is Sunday? Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Ah, 73. Looks like not raining. Uh, okay. So that... Makes both offenses better. Maybe my under's not as strong. I'm still going with it, baby. 24-20. All right, we're going to go now and talk about the Chiefs-Ravens. We've talked about it all week long. We've given our uh, actual predictions, but now time for the score predictions. Um, Baltimore, now at least according to ESPN bet, four-point favorites at home. It's gone all the way from three-and-a-half to three. I think it either opened at three and then moved to three and a half or opened at three and a half and went down to three, but now it's at four over under 44 and a half. Well, I love taking the Chiefs with the points. Uh, that right there, I think the Chiefs are a lock to cover. That's not me being a fan. This is me being a man who wants to make money. Four points is too much. Three and a half is too much. Chiefs are going to be in the game. It's going to be close. So I, at least, if you're going from a betting perspective, I like the Chiefs at the plus four. I do too. Over under forty four and a half, though. What are you sitting at? I'm I'm going over. I, I give you the same prediction I gave on the zone earlier today. I've been sitting around twenty three seventeen, twenty three twenty in the Baltimore game, in the Dolphins game. This one I think is going to be a little bit more, a little more points scored. I think the Chiefs' offense has woken up, and they have proven that it does not matter who they face defensively. Mahomes will torch anyone. You can have a, a, a bad defense, you're getting torched. You can have the great defense, you're getting torched. I think it's a, maybe not quite in the 30s, but a mid to high 20s. I'll say Chiefs win 28-27, game-winning field goal by Harrison Butker. 42-24 Chiefs. Let's wow! <laughs> Kyle, you just saved a bomb. You dropped a bomb on Everybody's me. Everybody's in the 20s. Why not double it? Let's double it. 28-27, and you just have an ass kicking. Well, I hope what happens is your prediction, because that would be a little less stressful. But this was the Home Should be back on Monday. Until then, we are out.